Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. Chris, you know me. I'm somebody who needs rails. Uh, you know, I'm... I, I'm always in discovery mode, and I need an open structure, an open-ended structure to work within, which makes me like the worst candidate for a process-driven sales uh, organization. So I need rails, man. I mean, when you think about mindset and how you approach work, where are you? What have you discovered about yourself over the years? Yeah, well, I think you know we all need this combination of know the rules and break the rules. That's when we're at our best. Uh, we, we have the mastery of the subject, which I'm sure we'll get into. But for me, starting out, when I don't know what I don't know, I make those sloppy mistakes. But that is how I've learned a ton. And it's how I think we're probably here today because you and I have put ourselves over and over in high feedback environments where the patterns of what we did that got us here won't get us there. Right. And so rails help us calm down and, and zero in on the topic. So rail today, we're talking about mindset at a high level, this idea of showing up and being able to deliver repeatable results you have a way of saying it, and you think about how often we need results in so many categories of our lives. You have a way of saying it that I love. What's your way of saying it? Right. Well, when I think about sales as a game, I think of sales as a game of probability, not a game of perfection. And so what that does for me and for every sales salesperson out there, especially, and again, it doesn't matter if you're if you do sales full-time as part of your job or uh, as your core job or as just part of your job. The idea is that when we're put on the spot and we have to perform, right? You think about the, the evolution of the beginner, the pro and the master. Um, we can initially get that flush feeling where, oh shit, I gotta perform. And then, it's, then you start thinking about what's at stake. And so what I've done over the years is instead of just kind of like treat every one of those situations as a new situation, right? Because I, I'm, I'm in that constant discovery mode and want to be in an open structure. I've developed rails to help me think about how do I show up? What are the steps that I have to go through? And I know you've done something similar because, you know, whether you're selling or you're presenting, um, you're still, you can still have this mindset of, performing and judgment, right? What's the audience going to say about me? And in sales, it's even more intense because now you have to go back to work and be judged by your peers and your boss. And by the way, it's going to show up potentially in your paycheck. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think about the application of this across the board. It's a game of probability, not perfection. You know, imagine if you only went out with your spouse or partner or loved one once every few months, right? 
the pressure, and I know the world we live in now and the weirdness of that, but the pressure that's on that evening to go a certain way, you know, there's this, we have to have this perfect moment of connection and this perfect moment of sharing together because we haven't had a lot of these. When if we had a game of probability, you know, and you've got a higher frequency, you're going to have some not go great. And that's okay. It's not the end of the world. They don't have to have this pressure to have it. And what happens for us though, the real part of leadership means there are high stakes moments. There are these moments where we need to close that deal. We need to see that across the finish line. We need to get people on board with this new initiative. And what's happening to people over and over in those moments is something locks up in them. They, they freeze up because when you're loose with it, you know, that's when you're at your best. So the starting point that I give myself from a rails standpoint as a way of thinking about it, and, and I know we'll go deeper in our chat. So this is just a beginning point. At a beginning level, I cannot be focused on the result more than I'm focused on the process. I'm more connected to what I'm doing than this end goal that I'm trying to get to. And everything's going to go way better when I'm process over result. Right, 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 right. So if we're kind of, so, I, so what you're saying is if I'm focused on the outcome or overly focused on the outcome, um, I'm going to be so um, distracted by what may be that I'm not going to be focused on actually how I'm executing, what I'm executing, what I'm learning, not learning, how I'm showing up, how the people are that I'm with or the, the situation I'm in uh, is being affected by my presence. I can't adjust. I can't. Um, improve and um, things start going downhill. And then, of course, you have this, this, the worry that you bring to the table then is fulfilled by the fact that you're not performing. Exactly. Well, and, and, and you know this, I mean, we know we're talking to people, we're helping them in sales and leadership in their whole life. But if there's not a process that you can relax into, and this will be the later stages of, of this application, then you don't know how to find yourself when things throw you off. W what I've learned so much from you about, you know, this idea of what it looks like to have a world-class defined sales process that isn't dependent on a person's effort or energy. Huge. Right. So let's talk, let's, let's talk more about it. So you brought the word leadership. Mindset for me is a shorthand for talking about approaching uh, the practice of sales as a leadership competency. So the first thing we have to think about is, are we showing up as an order taker or an order maker? Is, is kind of one of the easiest ways to think about this. Am I showing up kind of on my heels, hoping to close something or expecting my audience to walk me through a process? Or am I showing up with the intent of understanding my audience and walking them through a process. So the first thing is, is to put ourselves in this leadership mode. And then to your point, Chris, let yourself off the hook by recognizing that sales is a game of probability, not a game of perfection. Your success does not depend on you closing every deal or getting everything right. You can't be perfect all the time, but what you can be is in the moment, you can be focused on your audience. You can have their best interests in mind. And you know what happens when you show up that way, you're given a lot of grace. You're actually a pleasure to be around. People let you off the hook. 
you can be oh, more yeah. natural and you can allow the best of what you bring to the table to flourish and to be seen and experienced. Dude, I love it. This is making me think of Dave Letterman, where one time he had a, a joke go flat and he goes, well, you can't be great all the time. <laughs> and like, and, 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 and the, so the follow-up to the mistake was better than what even the joke would have been. And, and, and we can explain this as we talk through this, this path to mastery, but I use this as a speaker. Uh, like if I have a joke and I don't tell jokes, but if I, if I tell a story and, and the humor of it isn't there, I'm telling it publicly for the first time. And it wasn't where I thought it would be a little shorthand I'll do is I'll go, well, that killed in my head, <laughs> you know, and, and it's a way of just like letting them know, I know that didn't go like I thought. And that's okay. And that's right. okay. Right. So sales is a game of probability, not a game of perfection. The implication is that this is the mindset of a leader, right? I don't have to be perfect. Nothing is perfect. Nothing I do will ever be perfect, but I can still be effective and I can still kill the joke. I can still have a great career, have a great show, have provide a great experience to my quote unquote audience, right? So that's, that puts you in that leadership mindset. Now, Chris, I think what's would be really important is to help folks think about, or help maybe even help me think about, um, you know, what are some of the things that block us and how, and what could maybe what some, maybe some tricks that you come up with or advice that you provide folks. Cause I know you talk about this in the context of pre presenting and other things that we can use to kind of get us in that mindset and move us forward. Yeah. I love building an analogy uh, out of what musicians do. And so you're, I know you're going to add a ton to this and, and I'm excited to just dive into it. But what you and I talk about all the time, this idea of beginner pro master, mm -hmm. you know, we want to recognize that there are these three distinct movements as we, as we grow in anything. So a beginner musician is just trying to play the notes. A pro is trying to play the right notes. This is so fun. Oof, this is good. A master, a master knows they're going to sometimes play the wrong note, but it's not a wrong note because of what they play next. So when they actually, when they accidentally hit that dissonant key and and you could say the disconnection happens with the brain. This is an off-putting note, right? Something happens in the sales presentation or in the speaking moment that creates this distance and separation. Then it's not the wrong note based on whatever you play next. I mean, to, to teach people that they can speak up in a meeting and say, hey, I don't know yet the best way to express this, but here's where I'm at with it now. Or on the platform and you're speaking and, or in a, in a presentation for sales and something comes out and you wish you wouldn't have said that and you go, you know what? I'm not really happy with framing it that way. I'd rather say that this way. Oh my gosh. What you've just done is given them a deeper understanding of it. I mean, sometimes the easiest way to understand what something is, is by understanding what something isn't. And mm. so it relaxes you at a beginner level when you get connected to the process and you know who you are apart from the result, that your identity doesn't ride and fall with the result. Then that pro level, you're putting in the reps, right? And then at that master level, 
every new experience, it's not just a, everything isn't just a repeat of what you've done before. And you're checking, you're, you're clocking in and just checking the boxes. Cause as a pro, this is a new experience I've never had before. I've never been with this group of people or with this audience or in this conversation with this person about this uh, sales opportunity. Whew, I guess right. fun. Then you see things again for the first time, which we can talk about that later. Right. And, I, and, I, and I, there's so much this is bringing up for me, but you know, at the master level, what I'm getting from you is that's where innovation occurs. And that's really where I want all of my clients to be. Whenever I'm doing training, right? If, I, if I've got somebody at the beginner level and I'm teaching them stuff and they're learning to execute at the pro level, the, the big payoff is when they bring enough of themselves to the process that they're learning that they begin to innovate. They make it their own. So they can actually, in one, in one session, you can go from beginner to pro to master if you understand that the objective is to take what you're learning and add enough of yourself to it that you can innovate it, make it your own, and then show up as highly effective, but also highly vulnerable, highly authentic, and and um, somebody who is just seen as somebody remarkable and incredibly valuable. And oh my God, I'm so glad I'm in your presence. I'm so glad I've met you. You you are someone that I want to be around because you're so unique. You're not just this rote, um, rep- you know, repetition of something that exists already out there. Yeah, th- there's a magnanimous quality to what you're doing because you're able to to and and maybe this makes people feel uncomfortable shape shift without losing your authenticity. Um, you know, so many people starting out in anything, um, they're they're taking this approach where at least performers they just want to win. It doesn't matter who I am, I just want to win. And then later on, after years of winning, it's like you're getting more honest about how you want to show up, your thoughts and your feelings, your expressions, and then you start integrating that and and you make these changes. But what happens is people can swing to the other extreme and they're like, well, that's just who I am. They got to deal with it. This is how I'm going to sell. This is the process I'm going to have, you know, whatever. And instead, what we want to do is have the, the beautiful wisdom of both. There is an authentic core to who I am, but I also know that if I show up in different ways, not just to get people to like me, I can be more impactful by meeting them where they are. You know, I don't approach every engagement, speaking, sales, conversations with my daughters in the same mode, high energy leader, empathic connector, you know, sage like questioner. I'm moving in and out of these modes as I need to. And that's the part that happens for you at the master level. When you learn to not be attached to the result, but the process, you get to play a lot more around with these different ways of showing up. And I don't know about you, but like, that's what makes life interesting. I, I want to know this, the, the next meeting that I have, you know, uh, coaching someone or, or working with one of our coaches or, you know, a, a sales potential. I, I want that to be a unique expression and experience, not just of what I'm expressing, but what I'm seeing in them. Dude, this makes me think about something that I'm going to go too deep on. But <laughs> well, you, you hold up, I'll hold up. No, you're going to go, go deep. <clears throat> you're going to go deep. But I want to, what I want to bring up for somebody is something that I just experienced um, today and actually this week, because I've been so intense, intensely delivering programs to folks while building other programs and my my weeks have been so mad but i reminded myself to have fun 
while I'm doing it, right? We can all get so focused on what we're doing and the outcome and being great and getting things done that we lose the joy. For a salesperson, that is death. Why? Because your client, if you're not having fun, your clients aren't having fun. It's a chore to be there. For you, it's a chore to be there for them. Mm. So this, this idea of joy, Chris, is critical. Use, it, use any word you want if you don't want to use the word joy. Um, but are you having fun? And, and this brings me back to an example that you created for me. In my, it reminded me of uh, when you were talking. When I left, so I went to grad school in Boston. I left Buffalo, went to Boston, see the big city, and um, left grad school, went back to Buffalo. Didn't like it. So what did I do? I went back to Boston. My first gig in Boston was a sales job. So I had I built my career up to the point where I was welcome in a good-sized venture-backed startup. I was employee 151. I was working for directly for the three founders, and neither of them were um, were American-born. So they all had ac- real thick accents. One was Greek, one was French, and one was Indian, right? And they were great to go on sales calls with because they had, they had achieved a level of mastery with their lack of, you know, with their great accents and their lack of, you know, mastery of the English language, they could turn that into something fun and funny. Talk about rapport building. The the founder who was Greek, his name was Giannis, he would he would he would show up and tell a joke and get it wrong. But because the accent and because of his great charm and charisma, the whole room would would die laughing. So but you know, and so that so he used that lack of perfection as a sincere and authentic way to break the ice and create a stronger bond with folks. So this 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 to me speaks to your point about you know when when authentic when that authentic moment and that vulnerability in you percolates to the surface, there's a connection that you that can't be manufactured and. Your last point about having fun, um, you know, rolling with it, whatever comes up, having that confidence that, you know, whatever pops up is going to work. It's a, it gives you a great feeling of confidence and it infects everyone around you. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a quote and I'm going to butcher this. Michael Jackson has about his dancing where he's talking about his dancing and he's like, when I'm dancing, I am dancing like uh, amazed in awe at the source, but I'm also the source. It's like this both and relationship. Mm-hmm. I am I am a part of the unfolding of the circumstances of my life. It's this it's this rhythm, but it's also me, you know, uh, observing it. I'm experiencing it, and I'm observing it at the same time. And and what this makes me think of make it super personal. But I do think about this even in a you know, the, a sales meeting or a team meeting or anything. I was one night sitting at the table and, uh, you know, for me, a, a, a real practiced rhythm has been to be home most nights. And so maybe it was because I wasn't home that night or whatever. And I'm eating at the table. And at the time, my now 16 year old, she was like eight years old, walked up and slid a note over to me. And here's what the note said. Will you dance with me? And, and, because the note was arresting to my senses and my attention, 
and and of course did. Uh, I looked at her though, and Jimmy, I saw her for the first time. Mm. Like, like I'd seen her many times, but you can get used to seeing, right? And 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 that was such a moment for me that is something I've tried to cultivate at this mastery level of attention and awareness that you know at the pro. You, the beginner parent, just the anxiety, right? The pro is trying to get the result with their kid. The master is just there with what's unha- what's unfolding and what's happening. Yes, there's a vision. Yes, there's direction, but there's not a superimposed will on this. And you think about you know the most beautiful moments versus the most worst moments I've ever had in leadership or sales. Am I superimposing a will? Or am I here experiencing a vision that's emerging and trying to extend it beyond what we currently see? Oh, my God. I love that. What a great story, man. Um, <clears throat> this is wonderful. Um, you, you know, the, we, could, we could talk forever on this, on this one part of this topic. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to get to the rails. Let's do it. And, and here's what I mean for, for those listening, right? Think about any game of probability. You know, I like to play poker. Um, a lot of folks, you know, they have some people gamble on sports, whatever it is, but everybody that does it on a regular basis has a system, right? Or should have a system, you know, and we want to, we want to find a way to learn from the mistakes we make and improve. And so what's wonderful about a game of probability is that you can develop those rails, you can identify patterns and create a predictable path, a more predictable path to success. So what does this have to do with what we just discussed? Well, what's beautiful about a system or recognizing patterns that you then um, repeat over and over is it it puts you in a place where you now recognize those little faux pas, those little mistakes, those, you know, I'm late for a meeting or I misspell a word in email. Those things really don't matter in the greater context of the relationship that you are cultivating with your audience. Same thing if you're on stage in front of a thousand people for an hour and a half or for 15 minutes. The little things matter less in the context of the entire experience. And so if you can recognize the pattern that will lead you to a higher probability of success in that experience, then it lets you off the hook when the little things go wrong. Now, do we want those little things to go wrong? No. We're going to work toward improving those. Those are just other patterns we have to focus on. And I think in sales, Chris, and I think you do this again with speaking and other things, there is a pattern that we can fall back on. We can leverage as the foundation for how we're going to show up in any situation to improve our probability of success. So now, when I'm a, whether I'm a beginner, pro, or master, um, I, don't have to, I don't have to think about recreating this. I don't have to think about, um, uh, like you said, um, being unsure of where I am and what to do. I can fall back on what I've learned. And I think the thing that I would like to suggest we all think about is, is developing a 
understanding or a pattern that will get you to that master level, not just one that will help you survive the beginner stage or one that will help you survive and stay in the pro stage, but build those rails, that structure that will get you to mastery. Yeah. You know, the internet for me has changed every knowledge base, every educational center so that you truly can skip years of languishing at the pro level uh, because it'll get you to the people, the voices, the the expertise where they spent those years fighting those battles. They know the contours of it and they know how to help you leap from beginner to master. You're going to have a little bit of pro time. Um, and, and And so I think Everything that you're even laying out there by having a process, right? By having a, a system, to use that word, uh, that's like when you combine a system with the mindset, this, you know, maybe we can make it a math equation. <laughs> what, what does probability mean, right? The right mindset plus the right system over and over and over and over again delivers this probability. And it doesn't matter what it is. Um, and and is there's a and I, and I know if you mention a coach or a sports thing, I'm going to lose a ton of people and get some people <laughs> come a little close. But let's do it. Of course, we're both in Columbus, Ohio, so you can quote Urban Meyer here, and people love it. Um, oh, I did. I got to tell you this. This will take 20 seconds. I went to speak somewhere right after we won the championship. Uh, the championship. I say we like I contributed in 2015. Uh, that was in a state where they had. Uh, played in the semifinals or final, I can't remember. And I, they were all tan. I'm coming from, you know, winterized Columbus, Ohio, and I'm pale. And I was like, you may notice the glow on me. It's the championship glow. No, <laughs> But so Urban Meyer says this, average leaders have a quote, good leaders have a plan. Great leaders have a system. Mm. Whoa. Love that. And it goes right back to your point about the internet, right? The, the thing that I'm concerned about for, mo for a lot of people is that there's a lot of crap out there that yes. we gravitate toward that keeps us locked in that beginner mindset, that beginner mode. We got to break out of that shit and get into the pro mode, right? And then you've got to, once you've mastered that or you, you become you know, skilled at that, you've got to take it to the next level. I, I know you and I both love working with ambitious people. Ambitious people naturally, right, understand that there is a, that they're moving through life, right? They're moving through this beginner, pro, master uh, continuum on a constant basis, and they're driven to do that. Uh, the mistake we can make is, is thinking about the internet as this, as this bastion of quotes, of memes, of um, shorthand that will get us where we want to go. And it just won't. You've got to be very vigilant when you're, when you're, uh, you're thinking about this. Thank you for saying that. Cause it allowed me to elaborate and say very much. So um, you can, and in any field that I've ever discovered, any field, the bottom performers in that field won't make it. You take counselors, right? Take a, take a, like a general person that's a counselor. They counsel others. Uh, they're, they're a certified counselor to help people with therapy. Uh, the bottom aren't going to make it. The good are going to get by and the top 
are going to make a killing because they're they're that good and they have that reach and they they multiply their impact and you know, all those kind of things. And that's an operating principle I've had in my mind for years, observing like in field after field after field after field. And I think the reason I go to the counseling thing is just because I do a lot of work on on mindset and meditation and different traditions of meditation. And I do a lot of work with contemplation, you know, and fully engaging the imagination. And I can tell you, Jimmy, you can search for these things on the internet and you're going to find people that don't know what they're talking about. Pros that only know the box that they live in and masters that know about the boxes and and they know how to find the right answer at the right time for where they are the right answer at the right time for where they are because if it's not at the right time and it's not for where they are it can be the wrong answer right um and that's where that's the fun part that the, the fun part is there are no shortcuts and if you're looking for a shortcut you're going to find bad information right there's, you got to put in the work to develop yourself, the processes, get the paces in, but there is smart practice and smart practice matters so much more. You know, they've, they've done enough studies to find world-class musicians don't, you know, they can practice four hours a day and be world-class rather than somebody who practices eight hours a day, because that person who practices four hours a day is practicing with great attention, intention and is correcting mistakes. Uh, there's a book called The Talent Code that talks about this. Yeah, that's an awesome book. And I, you recommended it to me and I, and I bought it on Audible and listened intently. Good stuff. So yeah, so what we've been talking about so far is this idea of mindset, right? The context that sales is a game of probability, not a game of perfection. What does that mean? It means first, it's, it's a game of probability. Let yourself off the hook. Detach yourself from the outcome and focus on what you're doing and, and how you're doing it and how that learning is getting you better. Two things, mindset gets you out of that um, focusing on the outcome and gets you into a process that you can perfect that will increase your odds of success over and over. And how do you do that? It's by thinking about this in a continuum, right? Beginner, pro, master. Are you moving through that continuum that continuum and are you finding ways to accelerate it stabilize it secure it institutionalize it so that these are things that these are learnings that you can take with you hmm. um, i think chris they there, there's got to be a way to wrap this up and um i think that the the thing that we haven't talked about yet and and I, I wrap this 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 idea up in a in a quote that my best clients, my favorite clients, speak back to me on a regular basis, right? And it's this idea that from a sales perspective, you can apply it across any discipline. You have the customers you deserve, right? You have the income you deserve. You have the business you deserve. You have the relationship you deserve. You have the fun you deserve. The point is that what we're talking about here is also um a, a mindset of accountability right we cannot we cannot pass from beginner to pro to master we can't perfect a system we can't show up at a sales meeting unattached from the outcome um, if we don't accept responsibility for who we are where we are and the things that we're achieving right this idea of accepting responsibility connects us to this idea of accountability 
And for folks who are on the trajectory to mastery, they welcome the accountability. Why? To Chris's point, it allows you to get better. It allows you to investigate where you could, what you did right, what maybe you could improve. It allows you to practice smart. It allows you to learn as you go. The folks who resist accountability because they're still stuck in this idea that it means something about them or they're resisting this idea of being judged are the folks that get stuck, get stuck in that beginner or pro mode and don't make that transition. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And once they become that kind of person who lives it, you used a word, institutionalize. When when a person advances to that level, then we can institutionalize what they do and and let it be a map for others. And I know that will take us into many, many things we'll cover together over this year. But I just wanted to draw that out that like, you're not just accomplishing this for yourself. You're finding the patterns that map onto others so they can join you in that also. Right. And you can now build an organization. And that's really what we're all about here. Building that team, building that organization, driving predictable, repeatable growth. So, uh, Chris, we should talk about this is the first of a series of topics around this uh, conversation that we're going to dig deeper into in um, subsequent episodes. These episodes are sponsored by the Flores Sales Leadership Academy. If you're curious about any of the stuff we've talked about, check out the academy at floresgroup.com. Chris, next time we're going to be digging into uh, how do we institutionalize that process. I know you're going to have a lot more good stuff to bring to the table as well. It's been a pleasure exploring this with you. Super fun. Thanks. Glad to be here, buddy. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace. Peace.